So this morning we had uh, the first six cantos of Bhagavatam, and everything is based on this book, Srimad Bhagavatam. At a glance, there's a picture for every chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is the form of the Bhagavatam. This poster comes in your book. It's Krishna, the form of the Bhagavatam. Canto 1 and 2 are his feet, Canto 3 and 4 are his legs, Canto 5 is his waist, Canto 6 is his chest, 7 and 8 are his arms, 9 is his neck, uh, 10 is his smiling face, 11 is his forehead, and 12 is his full head. So we'll be hearing about Cantos 7 through 12 tonight. Bhaktivedanta course in one class. <laughs> the last six cantos. So here we have on the board, we have um, canto seven. And we have the sections here. There's sections in the canto. There's four sections, four lotuses. These are the four sections, Hiranyakashipu, and uh, teachings of Prahlad. If it's uh, difficult, then we can shut these windows yes. or blinds. It then probably it will get better. Yeah, I so see it well, but you might have a hard time. Yeah, let me just, uh, no. No, okay. Yeah, I'll take up the blades. I'm going to. Okay. okay. So now we can see better. Yeah, yes. much better. Well, thank you. Probably. Yeah, that was, it was pretty it's, sunny. It's, it's okay that we can even lower this light. <laughs> Oh yeah, there. Wow. Okay, great. Yeah, just keep this one for me here. Yeah, yeah. No issue. <laughs> so I can see what's going on here. And then we have the Shingadeva appearing down here in the third section, and Varnasham at the end. So Harani Kashibu, he's doing austerities. He was cursed by the four Kumaras, Jaya and Vijaya are cursed. We already heard Canto three about Hiran Yaksha being killed by Varaha, and now. Hirani Kashipu is there, and he's doing evil deeds here in chapter 2. Here he's doing austerities in chapter 3. In chapter 4, he has conquered the heavenly kingdom. Chapter 4 is also a lot about um, Prahlad Maharaj. Hirani Kashipu has demonic qualities, and Prahlad has divine. So we should try to cultivate the divine qualities. We are somewhere in between Hirani Kashipu and Prahlad ourselves. <laughs> we have some divine and some demoniac. Uh, we should try to cultivate the divine qualities. And here down teachings of Prahlad, now his father is angry, he's throwing him from the mountain, he's trying to kill him in so many ways, but that does not stop Prahlad Maharaj. So what, what, how did he get such an attraction for Krishna? Uh, we will hear in chapter 7, so I'll read chapter 7. Prahlad explains how he learned transcendental knowledge. When Hiranyakashipu left his kingdom to do austerities, the demigods wanted to kill the baby in his wife's womb because they thought he would be a great demon like his father. Now to stop them, I protected the pregnant woman in his ashram and instructed her and Prahlad in the womb. So here Narada is protecting, he's stopping the demigods. They wanted to kill Prahlad. He said, no, he's a great devotee. So how did he get this attraction? According to nectar devotion, there's two ways you get attraction for Krishna. By the special mercy of the pure devotee or by the special mercy of Krishna. So we're going to learn lessons in these pictures. And after the end of each picture, 
I will ask you what lesson did you learn? What lessons did you learn in this picture? So the first lesson is how did Prahlad get so much attraction for Krishna? And the answer is by the special mercy of Narada Muni. He got the special mercy of a pure devotee. So here we go into the third section. Now Nishingadev has appeared. I will read chapter 8. When Hiradikashibu himself threatens to kill Prahlad, Nishinga bursts from a pillar and fights with him. Finally, Nishinga places Hiradikashibu on his lap and pierces him with his lion-like claws. So here we have Hiradikashibu uh, fighting and then he's killed. And all the demigods are afraid of Nishingadev. He's so angry, they send Prahlad forward to pacify Lord Nishingadev. And Nishingadev is so happy to see Prahlad. He puts his paw on Prahlad's head. He got some special mercy. And Prahlad offers beautiful prayers. And there is a lesson uh, we can learn from Prahlad's prayers. That he was face to face with Lord Nishingadev. And he did not ask serve, to serve Lord Nishingadev directly. He said, I want to serve my guru. My guru saved me. So what we learn from Prahlad, it's better to be servant of the servant than to serve the Lord directly. So that's a lesson we learn from the prayers of Prahlad Maharaj. It's better to be servant of the servant. And at the end, uh, Prahlad becomes king here in chapter 10. And chapter, the last chapters are about Varnashram because uh, Varnashram, the, the demons, they cannot worship Krishna directly very difficult. So for them, Varnashram is good. They can do their duties and worship Krishna. So I'll read chapter 14. This is about Brahmachari life. This is Paramahansa life. And this is Grihastha life. So I will read chapter 14. A Grihastha should affectionately treat animals, birds, and bees exactly like his own children. He should distribute whatever he owns to everyone without discrimination. The best process is to distribute prasadam. Okay. So in this picture on the seventh canto, Prahlad Nishingadev, what lessons did we learn here? That uh, the you know demons will continue to act yes. in a demoniac manner. Right. And the devotee should uh, just focus on the divinity part. Good. Of it Good. We should cultivate the divine qualities. Good. Any other lessons? Um, mercy. Mercy. Mercy is two base that you said in the nectar of uh, devotion. 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 One is uh, the. Mercy of a pure devotee mm. or direct mercy of Krishna. Right. And which one's better? Pure, pure devotee. <laughs> better to get the mercy of the pure devotee. Uh, because the pure devotee is more merciful than Krishna. He will give you so many more, so much more than Krishna will give you. And the pure devotee will show you the path to Krishna. And he will show you the path, yes. And he will help you yes. on the path too. So. No end to the mercy of a pure devotee. Good. And what was the last? Yes, yeah, no, we heard that. Better to be servant of the servant. Somebody said that. Okay, good. And also, as a Gurhastha, the best way to serve Prasadam. Serve Prasadam, duty of the Gurhastha. 
Okay, so now we are going to Canto 8. We're up in the heavenly planets now. Wow. <laughs> We're up in the heavenly planets. Uh, and the first, we have two sections, Gajendra and demigods and demons here. And they're going to churn the ocean of milk. And so many things are going to come out. So here Gajendra, he's offering his prayers. He's, he's got the crocodile, he's got him by the leg. I will read chapter 3. Faced with death, Gajendra remembers a prayer that he chanted in his previous life. He helplessly prays to be free from the material conception of life and to be engaged in the Lord's loving service. So that's his prayer. And the lesson we learned from Gajendra is that he prays not only to be freed from his distress, but he also prays for liberation. He wants to go back to Godhead. He doesn't want to stay in this material world. So that's we learned from Gajendra. Good to pray for devotional service to go back home, back to Godhead. He was a devotee in a past life. Yeah, he was. He was in Yudhna Maharaj. Yeah. <laughs> he got cursed. <laughs> So he remembered, he was praying in his previous life, and by the mercy of Krishna, he remembered those prayers as an elephant. And he prayed got to the Lord. So even if the devotee falls down, like a gender fell down, I mean, Maharaj fell down and to become an elephant, still nothing is lost. That's one lesson we learned from the sixth canto uh, with Ritashura. He became a demon, but because he was Chitraketu in his previous life, he didn't forget his love. He didn't lose it. He didn't lose his prema. And so Krishna protects the devotees who fall down. That's what we heard about um, in the fifth and sixth cantos. Bharat Maharaj fell down to become a deer. Ajamila fell down. and But they all were saved by the Lord. So even if we fall down in this life, Krishna will save us. He will protect us. Um, so here, demigods and demons, the demons have taken over the heavenly planets, as they always do. And the demigods are praying to Brahma. Brahma's hearing of the voice of Vishnu saying, Make a truce with the demons. Take the Mandara mountain and use it for churning the ocean of milk. So here's the Mandara mountain. Demons and demigods were together, but they, it was too much for them to carry this mountain. So Lord Vishnu appears and he puts it on the back of Garuda. So now they start churning in the ocean up here. And if you ever want to see the diorama of this, I think it's in the Bangkok, Bangkok Kerma Airport. The tortoise. Mm -hmm. Kerma. Hmm? Kerma the tortoise. Yeah, Kerma's here at the bottom. And Ajita's at the top. No, the whole, the whole churning of the ocean is there in that airport. Yeah. The demigods, the demons. Where did Garuda come in? I missed that. Where did Garuda come in when, when they, they couldn't um, carry the mountain? They brought the mountain there. Yeah, they're trying to carry this mountain to the ocean of milk. And, and they, they dropped it. The demons said, there we go. It was too much for them. They dropped it, and so then uh, Vishnu appeared and put it on the back of Garuda. So here, the first thing that comes out is poison. And Lord Shiva drinks the poison. I took a course in Ayurveda about a 10-day course, and the Ayurvedic teacher was saying that, and I just saw this on, on internet today, that the allopathic medicine is basically poison. Mm. It has so many side effects. Mm. And 
the Ayurvedic medicine, which is coming here with Danvantari, that's the nectar that came out in the ocean of churning of the ocean of milk. So the nectar is the Ayurvedic medicine. Yeah. It's the nectar of immortality. Yeah. Chapter 8. Many things are appearing. The moon is appearing, horse, the elephant, um, Aravata the elephant, Uchashiva the horse, and Lakshmi appears. Now, she appears in Canto 8, Chapter 8, Verse 8. <laughs> 8 is her number. <laughs> Eight is the number of Lakshmi. Yeah, and also, in 10th canto, 10th canto, chapter 88, verse 8, Krishna says, if I, if I give mercy to the devotee, I take away his Lakshmi. <laughs> so watch out. <laughs> 1088, eight. 8 is there, it's her number. But there's two sides to it. So, if Krishna gives more money, that means the devotion is taken away? No. If he gives more money, then that means you know how to use it for Krishna. If he, if he gives you money, just like he gave to Sudama, Sudama didn't want it, but Krishna said, no, you know how to use it. I'm giving. I give you more, I give you more. Use it for me. Use it for me. If he gives more money, that means you know how to use it. So, chapter 9, I'll read. Um, when the churning produces nectar, the demon sees it. Just then, Mohini Murti, an extraordinarily beautiful young lady, appears before them. The demons become captivated by her beauty, and she asks them for the nectar. So they give it to her to distribute. Mohini Murti, who is Vishnu in disguise, then has the demigods and demons sit in different lines before she distributes the nectar. Knowing the demons are unfit to drink it, she cheats them and distributes it all to the demigods. Yeah. Vishnu favors the demigods. Um, so then the demons start a fight. The demigods win the fight because Vishnu appears to help them. And here is Lord Shiva getting attracted by Mohini Murti. Okay, we have one lesson here. Um, does anybody remember what lesson it was? It was about Gajendra. Because he remembered his yeah. whole life when, because he was a devotee in his previous life. Right. And what did he pray for? And he prayed for liberation. Yeah, liberation. Back to Godhead. Very good. Okay, part two of Canto A. There are three sections the Manus, Bali Maharaj and Vamanadeva, and Matsya Rupa. So 14 Manus, they're all described here in chapter 14 and chapter 13. And our, our present Manu is Vaivasvata Manu. Vaivasvata, son of Vivishan. So now Bali Maharaj has taken over the heavenly kingdom again. The demons got it. It's happening again and again. They're always fighting. And the mother is upset because, you know, when something happens to the kids, the mother is the first one. And she's ready to do something. What is she doing? She's worshipping Vishnu. And she, Vishnu appears and he becomes her son, Vamanadev. Vamanadev goes to beg three steps of land from Bali Maharaj. Bali wants to give it. His guru says, don't do it. It's Vishnu. You'll lose everything. You'll take it all. <laughs> but Bali doesn't listen. And he gives three steps of land to 
to the Lord, Brahmanadev. And his first two steps, he covers everything in the universe. So then, because he didn't get a third step, he arrests Bali Maharaj. His guru curses him, his wife's upset. But he stands for the truth. I'll read chapter 22. Bali Maharaj said, O best personality of Godhead, if you think my promise has become false, I shall certainly rectify matters to make it truthful. I cannot allow my promise to be false. Please, therefore, place your third lotus footstep on my head. Thus, Bali attained the lotus seat of the Lord, which are difficult even for great mystics to achieve. So here he is. And the lesson we learned for Bali Maharaj is always stand for the truth. He stood for the truth, though he was unfairly chastised, cursed, insulted, arrested, and cheated by Vamanadev. But he still didn't depart from the truth. He stood for the truth. So this is the lesson we learned from Bali Maharaj. And the last section, chapter 24, is Matsya Rupa, the fish incarnation of Vishnu. He appears to Satyavata Muni. Now, Satyavat, King Satyavat, he's not a Muni, he's a king. And first as a baby fish, a little small, cute little thing. And he's taking his bath, and it comes in the king's hand, and he said, don't throw me back in the water, there's a big fish there. But he's not, he's, he's not really a small little fish. He <laughs> takes him home, and he grows big, and he puts him in a well, and he's too big for the well, he puts him in a lake. And he's too big for the lake, and so he throws him in the ocean. He gets huge, a million miles long. And he says, so seven days from today, uh, everything will be flooded. I will send a boat. You put the sages and different seeds and animals on the boat and tie it to my horn. And so there you see the picture going through the devastation. There was this, uh, this was at the end of the last manu. Chakshushamanu. And, and King Sajivat became the next Manu in this birth as Vaivastamanu, son of Ivasvan, the sun god. Okay. Why did the fish show, uh, show up? Why did the fish incarnation show up to this particular king? What did he do? I don't know actually why he came to that king. But uh, the, the logical explanation would be that this king was destined to be the next Manu. So, in order for him to survive, he had to save him. So, you know, uh, the pralai is a Sanskrit word for yeah, destruction. Mm -hmm. So, that was going to occur. Right. And the uh, Lord appeared in a, this uh, Mina altar, or fish incarnation, to uh, save the, as she said, seeds and, and uh, certain animals and the sages. Yeah, and everything else was uh, flooded and destroyed. Yeah, so he had to come to save the king who was going to become the next Manu. Yeah. Does this have anything to do with Noah? Yeah, it, it, it appears that Noah's Ark <laughs> was taken because the Vedas were first. Mm. The Vedas were first, so that was it was taken from the Vedic mm -hmm. scriptures. So this happened in the Satya Yuga, then Satya Yuga, um, Dwapar, and it was at the end of Chakshishamanu. So there's four, Before, 72 after. yugas, 72 yuga cycles. So it was at the end, so it, it was probably, uh, anyway, it looks probably. like it was Kali Yuga because it was the end of 
mm. one manu, and Kali is like would end at the end. Mm. Yeah. So um, because there's 72 yuga cycles in a manu, mm. so at the end of the manu, the last yuga cycle would end with Kali Yuga. Oh, I see. Yeah. But then just the Then when he came, yeah. So when he. So that's what I might So <coughs> when, yeah, at the end of the devastation, then Sati Yuga began again. Yeah. <coughs> and we're in our present Manu, Vaivasutamanu, who was King Satyarat in his previous life. Yeah. So what lesson do we learn in this picture? Oh. Stand for the truth. Papa, do you have a question? Okay. Why would be sages in Kali Yuga? Like, yeah, sages, but they weren't living here on this earth. They're up in the higher planets. Oh. Yeah, the seven stars, you know, the milk, not the Milky Way, the, um, what is it, that Big Dipper, Big Dipper? That, that's the seven sages. Yeah, they're living up there in those stars, those seven stars. Those are the, the seven sages. Yeah, they don't stay here where Kali Yuga is really bad. They're living up in the higher higher planetary system. Right. And then in the Kali Yuga is Satya Yuga. After Kali Yuga, Satya Yuga comes. So it's just, it comes on the horse and destroys everything. Yeah, that, that will be this Kali Yuga. It, yeah. That purifies it enough to get to be Satya. Yeah, then Satya Yuga. Everybody is killed by the Lord. So then Satya Yuga comes. Yeah. But we're going to have 10,000 years of Satya Yuga now. Yeah. Now yes. in now with Lord it's Chaitanya, ten thousand years awesome. of of Satya Yuga coming now soon, hopefully soon. Right now, it started with Prabhupada. Yeah, well, it started. Um, I mean, we're already five thousand years into not five thousand, five thousand years from Krishna, Lord Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya. So five hundred. It started five hundred years ago, the golden era, is Lord when Lord Chaitanya comes. Yes. Then it will go for another. 9,500 years. <laughs> so five, 540 or 32 years. Yeah, so exactly. It, we can be more exact. If you round it off, it's like 500. But. Yeah, okay. So we're doing well. Now we're going to the dynasties. The Surya Vamsha, there's two dynasties of Manu, not Manu. Surya Vamsha is Manu's dynasty from the sun. And then there's the moon dynasty which is uh, from the moon planet. So in the first half of Ninth Canto, we're going to hear about the Surya dynasty. The famous people here are Ambarish and Ram, Lord Ram. But the first child of Manu was actually transgender. So it all started two billion years ago. <laughs> and now it's full-fledged Kali Yuga. So what does that mean? We will read chapter one here. What does it say here? Sudyumna, the son of Ivasatamanu, is born as a girl. Then he's transformed into a boy by the prayers of Ashishta, the guru. He's later changed into a girl again when he enters the valley of Lord Shiva. Finally, by Shiva's grace, he's allowed for the rest of his life to alternate between being a man one month and a woman the next. <laughs> so just imagine that life. <laughs> Very impossible. But as a woman, as Ila, she was the beginning of the Moon dynasty because she married Buddha, who is the son of the moon. So he, in, although as a man he was not part of the 
Sun Dynasty, but as a woman, he started the Moon Dynasty. So that's quite interesting. What was yes. his name? Huh? What was his name? Uh, as a as a boy, he was Sudumna. As a girl, he was Ila. Sudumna, Ila. Yeah, yeah. He had two identities. That's sex change operation. And they didn't need operation. No, he it was <laughs> it was <laughs> special mercy of Lord Shiva. Special mercy, because what happened? He was supposed to be a boy. But then, when they were doing the sacrifice to get children, the mother wanted a girl, so she told the sages, make it a girl. So they chanted the mantra for girls, so it came out a girl, and then the father said, oh no. So then he told his guru, what happened? And so the guru said, okay, okay, I'll make him a boy, make her a boy. So then he made her a boy. Who is the guru? Uh, Vishishta. I, gotta, I know a lesson in that. Because we don't have life and death, we're eternal. Right. And with the higher planets, they have the power to, okay, yeah. you're a boy, okay, you're a girl. I mean, <laughs> we don't have to go through all the... Yeah, right, you don't have to go through the operation. Or, or, or the rebirth or anything. Right. Just, special, yeah. special here. Spiritual. Uh, according to the, the latest laws in this country, it's not what you have physically, it's what you think you have. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was just in Houston. I was just in Houston, and and Radhika Raman, he's a professor in one Methodist university in uh, Indianapolis, and he told me he teaches classes regularly. At the end of every class, two or three change their gender in his class. <laughs> two or three people change by the end of his class. He's he, new, he teaches uh, comparative religion. So class means, you know, one quarter or two quarters, whatever. Yeah, not, not like, yeah semester, a yeah. semester. Oh. Like end of a semester. Is this because of what he's teaching? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got two. Two he's, yeah, he's got a brother and they both yeah. professors. Yeah. Okay, so back to serious Bhagavatam. We've got Amrish here. And he's, uh, he, um, Durasamuni has taken offense because he drank water while before feeding him. So he sent a demon to kill him. I mean, just for drinking water. Can you imagine? Uh, that was uh, too much anger there. Uh, but he was protected by Sudarshan Chakra. And Durasa ran to the higher planets. He ran to Brahma, he ran to Shiva, he ran to Vishnu. Nobody could protect him. And so he had to go and fall at the feet of Maharaj Ambarish. I'll read chapter 5. Even Lord Vishnu cannot protect Durasa Muni from the scorching heat of the Sudarshan disk. So Durasa returns to Maharaj Ambarish and falls at his feet. Maharaj being naturally meek and humble, feels shy and ashamed to see Durvasamuni at his feet. He offers prayers to the chakra to save Durvasa. Two lessons here. Uh, avoid Vaishnava Parad. Don't commit offense to devotees like Durvasamuni did. And the second lesson is that we should depend on the Lord for protection. He will protect us as he protected Ambarish Maharaj. So here, if we move to the next section.
we see Bhagirat bringing the Ganga down. I'll read that, that verse. Amshalan's grandson Bhagirat undergoes severe austerities and pleases Mother Ganga and Lord Shiva. But Shiva agrees to check the force of the Ganga when she descends to this world. King Bhagirat brings the Ganga to the place where he found the ashes of his forefathers, simply by their ashes being sprinkled with Ganga water, which can deliver all fallen souls. His forefathers become eligible to go to the heavenly planets. So here we see Lord Ram in chapter 10 building the bridge to Lanka with the help of the monkeys. Then Sita Ram, he gets Sita back and they rule the kingdom. I'll read chapter 11. Lord Ramchandra accepts the throne of the state. He cares for the citizens exactly like a father. And the citizens, being fully engaged in their duties of Varna and Ashram, accept him just like their father. So, lesson we learned from Lord Ram, that he showed the example of a perfect king. He showed how, that we should do the right thing. Follow Dharma. <clears throat> um, and he showed that virtue must conquer over vice. Okay. Um, and if you become Ram's devotee and worship him, you can live happily in this world. <clears throat> so what other lesson do we learn here in this um, picture? Yes? Avoid Vaishnava Parad. Avoid Vaishnava Parad, yeah. And what else? Avoid getting angry unnecessarily. Don't, <laughs> don't be angry. Yeah, you could do things you don't mean to do and they might get you in trouble, like Vaishnava Parad. Okay. And, and as a parent, uh, be careful, you know, what you ask, boy, girl, this doesn't matter really. But so <laughs> okay, <time>. okay. <laughs> All right. We should, we should be completely on dependent on Krishna. Yes, for protection, we should depend on Krishna. Okay, oh, this side. Was it, there's something, I think it was, it might have been on the computer story, but it's about uh, not, uh, that you have to stand up for what's right and if you don't, yeah. that you're not the one that did the wrong thing. If you don't, if it's in front of you and you don't do something about it, then right. you're You okay. stand up for the truth again. You're implicated mm -hmm. in the wrongdoing, yeah. Okay, we'll go to the Sama This is the Moon Dynasty. And... Here we have Parsharam has, has appeared, <coughs> killing all the Kshatriyas. And in this section we have the Pandavas and Lord Krishna. He comes, Damantari also. Lord Krishna comes in this Soma dynasty. So then we go to 10th canto. We have a beautiful poster of Brajalila. It comes with this book. I think all the books are sold, except for this one here. No, that is also gone. This one is going. Someone She's wants sold it. Out. Yeah, yeah, Somebody got it. Okay. All right. No problem. That's that's a good. That all the books. This book is available on a online. Amazon.com on a e e e book. E -book. If, if you want the hard copy, then you go to um, Rich Basi, Rasabhari Lawan, Vrindavan, or Divya Books in Vrindavan. Don't they have a website? Yeah. Yeah. So they took them from India to the U.S.? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, sell, they send them everywhere. So this is the 10th canto of Rajalita poster. So you painted this? I had, a, I had an artist. We discussed every picture. I made the design. Who is the artist again? Satadama. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. She's in Ukraine, which was taken over by Russia now. She's in like a war, kind of. Hard to get the pictures here. We have to hand deliver them. She has to send them a hand. So, um, yeah, here we have, now the first circle here is the birth of Krishna. Second circle is Komar Lila. Third circle is Pauganda. And the last circle is Kaishar Lila. So the first lesson we learn is in the Putana Demon, uh, that Krishna is God right from the beginning of his life. <coughs> he didn't have to meditate. When he was a small baby, he killed the demon. When he was a very small baby. And so this is Krishna. Komar Lila. That's the first lesson we learned. That he was God from the beginning of his life. Here at Damodar Lila, I'll read chapter 9. Again and again, Yashoda tries to bind Nadi Krishna, and again and again, the additional rope she gathers proved too short by two fingers. She becomes so fatigued, Krishna relents and allows himself to be bound by her pure devotion. So lesson from Yashoda is uh, the, the ropes were two fingers too short, and those two fingers mean you have to have endeavor and mercy both combined in order to get success in spiritual life. Then we go to here, Krishna Kumara Lila. Uh, there's um, Krishna with his coward boys, boyfriends having lunch. Brahma comes and steals all the boys away. But there is a lesson here in, in chapter 13. And uh, that means uh, that the Vishnu forms, when he appeared as the Vishnu forms, it says, by the glance, of Vishnu, it creates desires for devotional service. So if you see the deity, if the deity glances at you, you will get desires for service. And the smile of the Lord protects those desires. So this is the lesson from chapter 13. The smile of the Lord protects, the glance of the Lord gives you desires for devotional service. So here we have Krishna lifting Govardhan Hill over here, chapter 25. So I'll read that. Uh, angered, Indra tries to destroy Vrindavan with rainstorms. With one hand, Krishna picks up Govardhan Hill, which is touching clouds, and holds it up as easily as a child holds up a mushroom. And we go to Kaishara Lila. He's dancing with the gopis here. He leaves the Rasa Lila. And then he comes back. I'll read chapter 32 when he comes back. Shri Krishna appears in the midst of the gopis who have become extremely disturbed by separation from him. After he consoles them, they express to him their deep feelings of ecstasy. One gopi grasps his hands, another places his arm upon her shoulder, another accepts the remnants of betel nuts he has chewed, thus they serve him. So this is chapter 32, and it goes on with the Rasalila, and killing a few more demons. <laughs> and one lesson you learn from Rasalila is don't criticize. Some people in India criticize Krishna for dancing with the gopis. But actually, everyone belongs to Krishna. Krishna is in everyone's heart. And so everyone is Krishna's wife. 
So we should not criticize. We should not criticize. Okay, what lessons do we learn from this Brajlila pastimes here? Krishna fulfills all desires. Krishna fulfills all desires. Okay. Krishna was the God right from the very beginning. Krishna was God right from the beginning. He didn't have to meditate or do austerities. He's God, right? It's a baby. And for spiritual progress, we need endeavor and mercy. Endeavor and mercy. Good. Mm. Good. When Krishna glances at you, oh. you get desire for devotional service. Oh. And then with Krishna's smile, you want, he protects the devotions. He protects those desires. Good, good. Thank you. Okay, we'll go to Mathura Lila. You, there's also a poster for this, with this book. And uh, here he comes to Mathura. He gets a, a garland from the flowerwala. Then he breaks the bow. He kills the elephant. He kills Kamsa. He goes to Gurukul. Then he sends Uddhava to Vrindavan. He didn't forget. The devotees in Vrindavan. I read chapter 47. Reading Lord Krishna's message, Uddhava tells the gopis, I am the supreme soul and supreme shelter of all. I am indeed most dear to you gopis, but to increase your attraction for me and intensify your remembrance of me, I left you. After all, when a woman's beloved is far away, she fixes her mind upon him constantly. By incessantly remembering me, you are sure to attain my association without delay. So lesson here to get relief from separation from Krishna, read Srimad Bhagavatam. Because all everything is there, all the messages are there, all the lessons are there. What, what is the next chapter after that? Who is the after no like just Oh this that's yeah. Kubja. Kubja. Okay. Yeah. Next chapter is Krishna and Kubja. He promised to go to her, he made her beautiful. And then he promised to visit her, so he's visiting Kucha. Yeah. Good. So Dwarka Lila, he's marrying many queens. And finally, in chapter 69, he's enjoying with all his queens. 16,108 palaces. And Ardamuni went to visit them. Lord Krishna notices Narada visiting his palace. Immediately Krishna offers obeisances to the sage and seats him on his own seat. Then the Lord bathes Narada's feet and sprinkles the bathwater on his own head. So one thing that Narada learned here, and we will learn, Narada, within a few minutes, visited all the 16,108 palaces. And what did he see? He saw... Krishna was doing something different. Not only doing something different, it was a different time of day. 16,108 time zones. Imagine that. We have enough problem with 24. 16,108. One palace, Krishna was waking up, another one he was going to sleep. Another one he was having his lunch. Another one he was riding horses. Another one he was playing in the pool with his wives. So, different time zones. 16,108 time zones. How is that different time zones? Hmm? Uh, how is it that, how, that, that you have to, I mean, it's not going, <laughs> you put it in your brain, you won't understand. You have to go there and experience. <laughs> it's amazing. We, if, if we think our brain will explode, it will not. 
It's, it's mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh -huh. she, she wouldn't give up her husband. Yeah, she can't. She won't give up her husband, or I. <laughs> okay. And as the other lesson, Krishna superior. Good. To yeah, not only to the devotees. Good. Okay, we'll go to Canto Eleven, Uddhava Gita. How many have read Uddhava Gita here? Wow, this this class, there's a lot. Okay, that's good though. Most devotees haven't. I haven't read Uddhava Gita. They read Bhagavad Gita. Uh, I, I, I claim to read it, but it doesn't mean I claim to understand anything <laughs> in it. Yeah, so we'll go over a few things here. Um, now, the first part is about Lord Chaitanya. His appearance is predicted in chapter 5. So I'll read chapter 5. In Kali Yuga, the Lord appears in a golden color accompanied by associates who are his primary and secondary limbs and his weapons. He is absorbed in Krishna and is worshipped by the Sankirtan Yogya. So here we go. Lesson number one, worship Lord Chaitanya. That's an easy one. Um, so now there's 24 gurus here. I'll read chapter 7. Because Uddhava... He's going to Krishna, he says, I know you're going to leave the planet, please take me with you. And Krishna says, no, you have to stay here and give a message. Because I went everywhere, but I didn't go to Bhadarikasham, you must go and give a message to them. So I'll read chapter 7, we have some gurus here. Um, to pacify Uddhava, Lord Krishna describes an account, an ancient conversation between a Brahmana, Avadutta, and King Yadu. The Avaduta received instructions from 24 gurus. From the mountain and tree, he learned how to serve others and how to dedicate one's whole life to others' benefit. From the sun, he learned how to avoid entanglement while in contact with sense objects. From fire, he learned how to devour things without becoming dirty and how to destroy all inauspicious desires of those who make offerings to him. From the pigeon, he learned excessive attachment and affection are not good. And from the water he learned how to speak, very purifying and clear like water. So lesson we learn here is that we should not see the things of this world as sense objects, but we should see them as our shiksha gurus. What can we learn from the things of this world? From, from the fish, don't be attached to eating non-prasad. From the deer, don't hear mountain music. From the elephant, beware of touch, sensation from the candle. We learn not to go to let our sight take us away from Krishna consciousness. And from the bumblebee, uh, be careful of what you smell. Bumblebee, he goes into the flower and the flower closes and, he's, and he dies. So these are our 24 gurus. You can read about them in the Uddhava Gita. Now in chapter, then we hear about change of body, two birds in a tree, and hear about the gopis. Can you imagine? It's not in Bhagavad Gita. So I'll read what it says. The young women of Vrindavan felt such deep attachment to Krishna that their minds overflow with ecstasy in his company, and they perceive an entire night spent with him is just a fraction of a second. When Akura took Sri Krishna and Baladev to Mathura, however, 
The gopis thought of each night without him as equal in duration to a millennium of the demigods. Okay, so what lessons do we learn here in this canto? So see the, all the things in this world as your gurus. As your gurus. It's, it's, it's a school of life, and we have to learn our lessons here. And if we learn our lessons, then it's easier to go through life. It makes it a lot easier. If we see the purpose, we see the lesson behind it, then we can go through life. Okay, what other lesson here? Chaitanya. Worship the golden avatar of Chaitanya. Good. Now part two, we are, we're still in Uddhava Gita. We're hearing about Shtanga Yoga. Uh, where you, if you're interested in mystic powers, this chapter 15 will tell you how to get mystic powers. <laughs> and at the end of the chapter it says, if you get mystic powers it will be an impediment for your devotional service. <laughs> so it's not really for devotees. It's not for, but still it's there. For the, it's not for yogis. Yogis may read Bhagavatam. So okay, let me go for it. For each mystic power, you have to meditate on Vishnu. If you want to become smaller than the smallest, how Vishnu is in every atom. If you want to become bigger than the biggest, how is Vishnu uh, the whole universe? How he's so big? Devotees already have all those. They just don't use them. Yes, devotees have the mystic powers. They just don't use them. Or they may not be aware of them. Devotees may have them. Okay, I'm going to read, now we're, we're still in Uddhava Gita here, and we're hearing about Vairagya, Jnana, and Bhakti here in this middle section. Here is a boat here. Human body is like a boat. Gurudev is the helmsman. Lord's mercy is a favorable breeze. If a person who has attained such a rare boat does not desire to cross the ocean of material existence, he is a killer of the soul fall down here like chapter 2, same thing, change of body like chapter 2. This is about renunciation, the Avanti Brahmana, chapter 23, creation in chapter 24, modes of nature in chapter 25. Now this last part we have deity worship here, and we have seeing this Lord in the heart. Here we have super soul meditation. And in chapter 29, there's a very special verse, and there is a lesson here that the devotees are the most clever of all people in this world because they use material things to attain the eternal. The whole Uddhava Gita is about the difference between material and spiritual, or the body and the soul. That's the whole Uddhava Gita. So at the end it says, devotees are most intelligent because they use the material body to get spiritual things. So how, how do they do that? By using the tongue to chant and, and the ears to hear. And in, and in the purport there's a commentary and it says that um, the devotees trade in this useless body and in return they get Krishna. So it's a good deal. It's a very good deal. So that's, um, I guess that's the lesson here in this canto. We'll go to canto 12 and here we have three incarnations 
Lord Chaitanya, three incarnations in Kali Yuga, Lord Chaitanya, Shima Bhagavatam, and Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Three incarnations. And here it talks about Kalki, who will come at the end and kill everyone. Uh, chapter 3 is very nice. Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults, but it possesses one great quality simply by chanting the name of Krishna. One can be delivered from material association and attain the absolute truth. So this is wonderful. Just chant Hare Krishna and you're out of, you're, you're protected. It's your umbrella in Kali Yuga. Then here we have four kinds of annihilation in chapter 4. Chapter 4. Four types, and this is Lord Shiva's. This is at the end of the plant, all the universe. It fills with fire and then water. So what are the four kinds of annihilation? There is Nimitika, that is at the end of Brahma's day, when Brahma's night comes. That's like occasional. Then there is the Prakritika, that is of all the elements at the end of the universe. That's the second kind of annihilation. Third kind is something that's happening to us at every second. Our cells are dying. We're not the same person now as we were two minutes ago. I mean, we're not the same body. Of course, the body is not the person. Um, so our body is having annihilation every second, every minute. Something is dying in our body. And new cells are being born. So that's called nitya annihilation. Then there's final annihilation. What's final annihilation? Going back to home, back to Godhead means no more annihilation. Final means you don't die anymore. You don't have to experience annihilation anymore. That's the best one when you go back to Godhead. So here in chapter 5, um, Shukadeva is giving final instructions to Pariksha because very soon the snake burger is going to come in chapter 6 and burn him up. So I'll read chapter 5. Considering Pariksha's impending death by the bite of the snake Ritakshaka, Shukadeva gives him some final instructions. He explains that the idea, I will die, is the mentality of animals, because the soul does not undergo the phases of previous non-existence, birth, existence, and death. When the body's subtle me mental covering is destroyed by transcendental knowledge, the soul within the body again exhibits his original identity. So then he, he's prepared mentally, and he, he actually goes into trance, and leaves his body before the snake bird bites him because he's so experienced. So here we have Markandeya Rishi's story. This, this section is about Markandeya. He meets with Narayana Rishi and they say, take anything you want. And what does he want? I want to see Maya. Hmm. Um. So our lesson here is don't ask to see Maya. But see what happens to him when he asks that question. He is in the ocean of devastation for billions of years, a night of Brahma. It means uh, four billion years, four billion, three hundred million years. He's in the ocean struggling. Big fish are chasing him, bite him. He's <coughs> unconscious, he's sick, he, but he's stuck there because he wanted to see Maya. Don't do it. Don't ask to see Maya. And uh, then 
Chapter 9. Somehow he comes about a little blue boy on a banyan leaf sucking his toe. This is in Gojum in Mayapur. That's the place. Because it doesn't get destroyed in the annihilation. So I'll read chapter 9. With great difficulty, Markandeya moves about all alone in the water of devastation for a long time until he comes upon a banyan tree. Lying upon a leaf of that tree is an infant glowing with charming effulgence. That child is Lord Hari. So then he sees Lord Shiva. There is a glorification, oh, this is before, of all the Puranas. Then Shima Bhagavatam is. We hear again, repeated all the chapters, the cantos, and finally, final instructions. How to study Bhagavatam is given here at the end. Uh, and that is um, in Sanskrit, Shinvan Supata Vicharana Paro Bhaktiya. Hear, chant, and be introspective and um, considerate. Vicharana Paro, consider what you heard, how you can apply it to your life. Bhaktiya, with bhakti, everything. And Bhagavatam ends where Chaitanya Charitamrita begins. So we were talking this morning how. Bhagavatam begins where Gita ends. Gita was before the battle, Bhagavatam was after. Krishna comes into Bhagavatam driving Arjuna's chariot at the end of the battle of Krikshetra. So now, how does it connect to Chaitanya Charitamrita, the last verse of Bhagavatam? Nama sankirtanam yasya sarva papa pranashanam pranamo dukashamanastam namami harim pranam. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Lord Hari, congregational chanting of whose holy names destroys all sinful reactions, and offering obeisances unto whom relieves all material suffering. So Hari Nam is the essence of Bhagavatam, and connection to Chaitanya Charitamrita, that's the lesson. What other lessons did you learn in this canto? <coughs> Don't ask to see Maya. Don't ask to see Maya. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you might experience the devastation. Three things that Lord Chaitanya, Bhagavatam, and Harinam. Yeah, three incarnations for Kali Yuga that are here with us right now. We're so fortunate we got three and not one. And that famous example of boat where, you know, boat. the favorable wind mm. and, you know, an the, the boat. The baby Christian uh, on the leaf. He was there for his devotee. Yes, he was. Devotee liberation. Right. Even after so much time in the water. Okay. Good. So, anybody else? Any other lessons? What about Kalki? Namaste. Hmm? Namaste. Ah, Very good. Very good. Okay, you have any questions here? I want to know more about Kalki. Can you give us a little bit there? Okay, wait, we got one here. Or one there. Okay. Yes. What about Kalki? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's going to be born in um, a spe in a very special village up in the Himalayas, and it tells the name of his father and mother in Bhagavatam also. And uh, he will come and uh, down on a white horse, and he will just kill everyone because everyone is going to be a demon, <laughs> and that will be good for them. Yes, they're killed by the Lord. Mm -hmm. Liberation. I, I remember reading, um, Srila Prabhupada said in a few places that sometimes Kalki doesn't descend and uh -huh. 
what is the connection between when Kalki doesn't descend? It doesn't have something to do with Mahaprabhu? Mm, that I don't know, but he's definitely predicted for this Kali Yuga. So I don't know if uh, uh, Lord Chaitanya came, but it's only for 10,000 years that his influence is going to be felt. That's the prediction. And after that, it will just go downhill. So this still we are looking at almost 400,000 years. That's a long time. That's really long. Don't come back. You got, you got your chance now, next 10,000 years, to finish. Three births. Prabhupada said, my devotees won't take more than three births. So don't mess up <laughs> any birth. Now we got, I'm doing in this birth, that's what he always said. Finish in this birth. Finish in this birth. Okay, now your question? No, I had a comment that Mali uh, um, Maharaj, uh, he rejected his guru when, uh, you know, uh, the when he was trying to take him away from Krishna. Right. So if anybody takes you away from Krishna, you need to reject him, whether he's your guru or whoever okay. he is. Yes, avoid bad association if somebody's trying to take you away from Krishna. Good. Yes, um, there are many more lessons. Every verse can give you a lesson. I just picked out a few special lessons. But you can get a lesson from every verse in Bhagavatam. You can, you can find your own lessons. Okay, any other questions? I want to just uh, overall, so if you are a receiver of a lot of blasphemy, how do you deal with it? Um, yeah, what you can pray to Nishimadev. <laughs> Go to Seventh Canto. Pray the prayers of Prahlad Maharaj. And he has a beautiful prayer um, in the Fifth Canto. There's a beautiful prayer, 518, Chapter 18. Um, around text 14, around there, 13, 14. May all the envious people of the world be pacified by engaging in devotional service. Yeah, there, there's a beautiful verse there. The candle 6, chapter 8. Narayana Kavacha, that's for protection. But if you want to change, if you want the prayer for change, yeah, that's for protection. That's for protection. That's five, for protection. 518. 518, 18, like, like verse 13, 14. If you, to change the hearts of the envious people. That's what he's praying. Maybe it's not relevant, but why is Radharani not mentioned in a Bhagavatam? Because Shukadeva would go unconscious and he couldn't speak anymore. Oh, that's just such a nice reason. But it's, it, that's one reason that the commentators say. Another reason is she's hidden. There are many verses that say Radha, Radha, Radha. Aradhana, Aradhya, many, many verses in Bhagavatam. She's hidden in Bhagavatam. And Dara, like Radha. Yeah, there, is, there are many, many verses in eighth, almost every canto you'll find a verse that says Aradha, Aradhana. Because I speak on different verses, you know, and then you, oh, here's another verse with Radha's name. She's hidden. She's carefully hidden from envious people. So same way, Mahaprabhu is also mentioned in a... You'll find her name in Chaitanya Chaitamrita. It's full <laughs> of Radharani's name. Yes? Um, you mentioned that we should always stand up for the truth. And I can't help wondering... I remember uh, my mother-in-law gave me your little booklet about all those little stories that we should remember. 
Which one? The, Krish, uh, the poetry? No, it wasn't the poetry. It was the ones about personal experiences. and Somebody else's book, maybe. No. Mine? Oh, that, that maybe that poetry book, yeah. It was, it was your writing. I read yeah, it Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, and there was one story in there that particularly, uh, it, you were listing all the different things that we have a responsibility to uh, oh. try to uh, rectify a situation or give advice or something. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help when we were talking about the standing up for the truth. Uh, you know, we, we definitely have things that are just like politics. Mm, um, if, if there's something that uh, we don't stand up for, then people think that it, it's like a silent ascent. Mm -hmm. uh, I know in my life sometimes people have come to me and they've said, so what do you what do you think about this? But if they don't ask you, then yeah. they just assume because you're not saying anything. Right. Um, Srila Prabhupada gave an answer, like one devotee was criticizing things to Prabhupada. And Prabhupada, his, his answer to every every time to that question was, you have to be the example. You have to be the example of what you want to see. So um, the main the main way that Prabhupada wanted us to stand up for the truth was to be an example of what what we want to see or what other people. So people should see by your example how to do things right. That was Prabhupada's answer. That, uh, because you can't always change things. You can't, and you can never change other people. You can only change your yourself. It's, it's a lot easier to argue philosophically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier what? Philosophically. To argue philosophically. Argue philosophically. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, the thing is, that you have to see what you what you can actually change. If it's beyond your control, then you know. You just be be the example, and that's what you can tell tell them. Said no, I'm. I want people to see the example of how to do it, how to do things properly. So that is what I'm dedicating my life for. Um, yeah, I mean they'll criticize you for anything you do. People will criticize. Um, or not do. Yeah, for nothing, no reason. So here is a, I mean, you know, it's a naive question, frankly. I've been devoted for many years. But I just feel that in spite, I mean, this is really, I mean, I'm so happy to see this, that now it's a, I'm going to do this and open your book every day and, and, and read through it, because I love this. This is like, you know, a picture with a little uh, thing, just, this is what I love it. I mean, mm -hmm. five minutes I can spend on other things and, you know. You can read the whole Bhagavad Gita in two hours. I've read the whole Bhagavad Gita in three years. But that's not the question. So, hearing so many things, like we talked from our Canto 7 to all the way to 12 right now. Yeah. And, I, I mean, you know, I'm just flustered seeing so much detail and so much philosophy and so much everything. <laughs> Why are we seeing so many problems within us? Because everybody who's reading it is an intelligent person. Yeah. Well, I think everybody's not reading it. <laughs> You're assuming that everybody's reading it. But I mean, the, yeah. the devotees initiated, they're supposed to be, the charter of the life is to do this only. Yeah. It would be nice. 
would be nice. Yeah, and not only this, there's more. I, I've done a uh, picture for every verse of Bhagavatam, Canto 1 to Canto 10, Part 3. I've done it in Vrindavan. That's your next project? Huh? That's your no, next it's, already, I've got, it's already done. Oh, okay. Up to 10th Canto, Part 3. Five What's more books. Uh, Bhagavatam at a glance, Canto 1, Canto 2, oh, okay. Canto 3, wow. 4. Mm. So that's even, wow. th yeah, that's also done. <laughs> you can get it online. Um, that's Biharilo or give you books. Mm -hmm. so, so, so the question is uh, why we are not coming out of this particular petty mentalities? Yes. Sometimes we treat others bad, sometimes we get treated bad, mm -hmm. and, and then we see things bad. And, uh, it's, it's just why don't we come out? It, an Artanavriti is a long trip. <laughs> an Artanavriti takes forever. It may take a few lives. Uh, we have to want to come out of it. We have to see, oh, this is my, my mistake, and pray, pray every moment of the day, please help me, Krishna, to make advancement, to get out of this critical mentality, to go beyond this, and see the true, the truth, I mean, the true life of Krishna consciousness. It's there, but it's not easy to, to find. Yeah? speak the truth, like one of the lessons was speak the truth, mm -hmm. um, the intention is not to criticize, Right. the intention is to speak the truth. Mm -hmm. But then, you just mentioned, right? The thing is that um, there are different people, you have different types of association. One person is a superior, so and one is an equal, and one is a junior. So speaking the truth to the superior might get you in trouble if <laughs> they don't agree with you. Uh, and so there's you have to find other ways. You can speak the truth to a friend, but generally brahmanas don't give advice unless asked for. They don't give any advice. That's why when Shishupala was oh no, when they were asked who is the best person to worship, the sages they didn't say anything and Samadev spoke up. Because they said because nobody asked us. <laughs> who is the most superior? Nobody asked us, so we didn't say. But Samadev he, he spoke up. And when you say advice are you alluding to the truth as well? Yeah, uh, also the truth, yeah. Uh, uh, you, you can advise your friends and juniors, but seniors, uh, very difficult. You have, they have to think of other ways, <laughs> because uh, the direct approach may not work. Mm -hmm. But the truth is always the absolute truth. Mm -hmm. So in the mundane situation, <coughs> there's petty truths. Right. But the actual truth. Yeah, there's petty truth. Everyone has their own truth. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not um, that's not real truth. Real truth is absolute. is absolute truth. There's relative truth and absolute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Lavanya. So, like the point about speaking the truth too is that we're supposed to speak pleasingly. Pleasingly. If you read Bhagavad Gita, austerity of the yeah, tongue. tongue. Like of the voice. He had a way of speech. Just taking somebody in his association, and and he would just like 
flip them upside down. He would charm them. Yeah, he would just charm them, but he'd be like insulting them right to their face, right? Yeah. You know. I mean, so, people would come and so he, expert. Yeah. And they just like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like parents would come and they would probably would charm them. Yeah. He would charm them. Yeah. Oh, I'm taking care. Your uh, Swami, his parents came and, and he was charming the parents. And uh, the father complimented probably he knows how to deal with people. <laughs> and he was, to, I was going to mention about your point is that, like, I mean, we're actually supposed to be a preaching movement. We're supposed to be going out there on Parina, like they used to do in the old mm -hmm. days, for like, like four hours a day at least. And if we did that, if every devotee went out and distributed prasadam, distributed books, and distributed the holy name it, as, a, as a harmonious mass, the whole face of the world could change. So like really, when we see, oh, something's wrong here, why are they killing the cows, why are they doing this, why? but it's no, really no. like our problem because either individually or collectively, we're not actually trying to purify, right? Or even mm -hmm. if, you know, we're the victim of some kind of assault or criticism or some really bad karma, there's two ways to take it. One, you can take it like, why me, for me? The other way is just to think like, wow, like this is an opportunity for me to purify. And if you take the worst situation that is dealt out to you by the world, by fate, and you can turn it around as an opportunity to become humble and purified. So I think you just have to always see it like that. Just, you know, not like this is bad or just how can I turn this situation around? we got to see the good somehow. Yeah. Have to see the and good. if we preach to persons that are not open to hearing it, then we end up doing more damage. Yeah. Damage. Yeah. yeah. That's Don't that's, preach to the faithless. That's, that's how we got such a bad reputation to start with. You're right. That's a good point. We were out there badgering people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take this book and yeah. chant our Christian. Right. And now it's kind of the pendulum is on the other way. Not much preaching. Right. 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 Any other questions or comments? Well, I, I mm -hmm. wanted to comment that you know one of the things that my father is trying to do is to make sure that the presentation that we're making is actually going to be understandable by the audience and. I mean, we don't want to say that Shila Prabhupada's books aren't the law books for the next 10,000 years, but we do have to say that the, the primary audience has changed. It's not hippies anymore. It's not people who are disgruntled with society anymore. Now the people who you know, want to have that, that the most of the people, anyway, uh, primary audience, is people who are looking for something that's... I mean, you could say that it's, it is the same thing. It is that missing part of their life. But these are people who are not looking for free love or you know, the another way different. to get high. Um, they're, they're looking for knowledge, and they're looking for connection and things like that. So, you know, Prabhupada left it up to his disciples to take his writings and make them applicable and uh, practical for today's audience and uh, you know, I like to think that there's a lot of books out there. My dad thinks that there isn't, but <laughs> I, I try to be an optimist. <laughs>
Mm -hmm. Sounds like you're yeah. saying we should change them for the audience. And we're not supposed to change a word or a comma. You shouldn't change them, but you can write your own books. That's true. In your own words. You're not supposed to change what we already have. But you can take what we already have. And Bhagavatam says that. You take it and you speak it in your own words. I, I had a same thing. I, I know one person who works in a Kindle group like at Amazon, mm. publishing all these e-books. And she just says, I don't have a time to go through this 6,000 page book you are asking me to read. I can get it for free because she's at Kindle, you know, the manager there. But she says, give me something that I can spend half an hour and then read it. Do you have anything? Give me a Frida Prabhupada or something like that or anybody. Yeah, and I just could, could come up with something that quickly, easily, that she could adapt to, you know? I mean, yeah. there's a science of self-realization. Yeah, science of self-realization. That's a great one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. But even, I was, I was talking to my husband about um, nectar of instruction, yeah. mm -hmm. reading in-depth right. chapter. Krishna consciousness is all there. Yeah. It's just... Yeah in a nutshell. And he doesn't just say it one time, he says it three times. Right. So what we should avoid, what we should do. Yeah. And uh, you know, if, you, if you want a guidebook. Good. Any other questions? Or comments? Yes? I had a question about Varnashram. Okay. Uh, so Varnashram is at the end of the seventh canto. At the end chapter. of the seventh canto, yes. Yeah. And it says that you were mentioning that the, the demons, they're not going to, or you could say the, yeah. the people of this age are not going to take to no, not gonna. Uh, Krishna consciousness. So we should, we're recommending Varnashram. Indeed, we see that was what Srila Prabhupada did yeah. in the beginning. He tried to get us to practice Krishna consciousness. And when he saw that, well, we were a little more dysfunctional than we thought, <laughs> uh, you know, he recommended Varnashram. However, I've seen very, very common that today uh, preachers will, that they'll say that Varnashram is Krishna consciousness. Yeah, there is a, there is a misconception now that, um, that Varnashram is higher than Bhakti. <laughs> a, unless you do Varnashram, you can't get Bhakti. Uh, but if you read Nectar of Devotion, it says Bhakti is not dependent on Varnashram. But Ranashram is dependent on bhakti, I mean, the purpose. But you can use anything for Krishna. So if you use Ranashram to please Krishna, then that's bhakti. If the purpose of what you're doing is to please Krishna, that's bhakti. Um, but the problem is when we separate it from bhakti. We say, you know, just doing your duty, that's enough. But Bhagavatam doesn't say, says the opposite. You can do your duty perfectly, but it won't have, you won't get any benefit. But even if you're a devotee that falls down, you will get benefit. There's a verse in First Canto that says that. Even a devotee may be immature, and he may fall down and go away. Uh, he, he doesn't lose anything. But somebody who may do perfectly his varnasham duties won't gain anything. I mean, so if he's not a devotee. Krishna, Krishna. Krishna gives the uh, the progression. If you can't do this, then yeah. do this. And yeah, he gives that in, in 12th chapter. And then the last one is Varnasha. Okay, just do some charity. Give something to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so 
something, anything. Yeah, just do something, something good. Don't keep it all for yourself. Just do something good. Yeah, that Vanisham is at the end of, it's like, if you can't do Varna, you know, if, if you can't do devotional service, okay, then you can do this Varnashram system. The Varnashram is the... Uh, step by step, Karmiyog, Gyanayog, Sangyog. Yeah. After this one life as a Shudra, or many lives as a Shudra, you become a Vaishya. Yeah. And after many lives as a Vaishya, you become a Kshatriya. It's, it's not good enough. I mean, you could say it's Probably. comparable to the yogic process. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, I was taking a class, and the teacher was saying that you, you can't compare Ashtanga yoga and bhakti yoga because right. you can only get bhakti yoga if you do Ashtanga yoga. And I said, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not right. Because yeah. it, it's almost like she was saying that when you have bhakti yoga, everything else is included in it, but it's just superfluous. You don't really need it anymore because you got the goal. Mm -hmm. There's so many misconceptions out there. Yeah. You know, my daughter took a class at University of Washington in um, women in, in the religious life, mm -hmm. and they were talking about all the, the deities and all the uh, the Lakshmi and the you know Durga Mata and this and that, and Radharani was also in there. And there were so many misconceptions, so she actually wrote in the essay on, on what the right things are oh. using Prabhupada's books. Good. And the, the professor actually chastised her because yeah, yeah. They, they, this is wrong, you've written everything wrong. Yeah, because she didn't do what they said. Yeah. Oh my God. I had that same experience. I yeah. took a women in religion class, and, and they just unbelievable how they just butcher it. It's completely like no. I've been a devotee my entire life. I practice this religion. Can you at least let me stand up and say my own religion properly? But they won't let you. Yeah. They don't. The universities are not after truth. So, if you're going there for truth, forget it. It's, it you won't get it. They don't want the truth. They suppress the truth. But isn't that academics are for getting to the truth? Uh, they should be. Yeah. <laughs> they should be for getting at the truth, and that's that's something that's a misconception people have. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I've heard this. I had a friend going to university in um, Ireland, and she said they they just suppress the truth. You can't really speak the truth. I have a grandson who's getting a PhD to prove this that the that universities oh. are are. are Suppressing the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what he is. Just Actually, he says, he has his thesis. Yeah. Ah. Well, it's not suppressing the truth only, but their uh, yeah. predominated uh, agenda is yeah. to speculate a lot of stuff. Yeah. And exactly. promote their own agenda. Exactly. So they don't care about truth. They just want to say what they think. They want to what they speculate. That's their truth. So I work with Starbucks coffee company, and it's been a ages. Uh, almost 10, 12 years since I quit them, and I worked there for 13 years. And uh, one fine morning, a study came. This is like in a late 19, uh, 1990s. Mm -hmm. And uh, it said having a cup of coffee in the morning and one in the afternoon or evening, it really is uh, superior for your health and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I immediately went to the our uh, coffee department, the research <laughs> department of coffee, and it was a good friend named Scott something. I said, 
did we sponsor this study? <laughs> and uh, he started to laugh at me. And he said, I said, why don't you do here at UW, which is a local university at Seattle. He says, everybody will think we sponsored it. That's why we did it in uh, New York or some uh, Columbia University or something. So this is how the yeah. corporations yeah. pay money yeah, yeah. and get things uh, the company. Fish is good for you, fish is bad for you. Yeah, yeah, Eggs yeah. are good for you, bad for you. I yeah, mean, they, you know, sponsor you in a they sponsor it. They sponsor because they want the outcome. Yeah, the this is going on in science. Funding yeah. from big, big companies yeah. to do that kind of research. Yeah. Big, 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 big. big yeah, yeah, even doctors are, uh, like one doctor became a devotee in Vrindavan. And she told me that they had, to, she had to tell people they have cancer when they don't have cancer because they needed to get money for a new machine. She told me when one of the best hospitals in Delhi, heart, some heart hospital. No? Ayurvedic, as we said Ayurvedic is pure uh, yes. nectar. Yeah, well, it's, it's poison. I mean, it's true. They take a little, po you give you a little poison, you get side effects. So I, I grew up with this, uh, I mean, we studied together. So he's a medical doctor, owns a hospital in uh, Bombay where I came uh -huh. from. And, uh, you know, back then we drank, so we were in a bar, and he's an MD gynecologist. And he gives a birth to the children, and he spent in those days 50 or 80 lakhs rupees to open his uh, clinic and all. And he told me, no woman will have a natural birth in my clinic. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. going to have a yeah, exactly. C-section. That's Indian. And, and that's, that's like 50,000 rupees or 80,000 rupees. He says, my monthly payments are so much. Uh, and, and literally, so I said, hey, when I'm married and all, he says, you don't come to my hospital. <laughs> 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 He's my best buddy. I mean, you know, like, I don't, I'm not friends no, with him. No, it's true, like, it's true. When I went in there, they said, they already had, had me cutting me up when they, she was, the doctor was saying, okay, we're going to do this. I said, come on. I just came in. <laughs> Let's try again. Even, even here in the West, I mean, yeah. I, I'm a birthing coach. I go with women yeah. to the hospital, and the first thing is they tell you is you want to do an IV. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong. Why should she have an IV? Yeah. yeah. It's already predicting something's going to go wrong, so we want to have it in place. Yeah. Okay. Any other comments or questions? <laughs> Thank you. 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 Thank you.